Bitcoin, or any other cryptocurrency. That's the sound of the money truck backing up to your front door, Hoss. Nobody's going to put money into a crazy scheme like that. Okay, here comes the catch. This has to cost a lot of money. Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrency. Bye, bye, bye! Yes, the money is good. We don't have that much time left. Let's talk rocket ships. First, Bitcoin. Three, two, one. This is Crypto Karma with the sensei of cryptocurrency, Nick Green. Welcome back, Bitcoiners. Great news in the world. Bitcoin is still not dead. I hope everybody had a great 4th of July holiday. As I said, it's going to be some slow trading and quite a bit bloody out there. But the good news is that's when you buy the dip. So the markets did what they do. They confuse people. They make a weak hand sell. And then the smart people buy. Because remember, whenever you sell anything, there has to be somebody sitting across you at the other side of the table that thinks it's a good price to buy. And in which case you have to put yourself in their shoes. Why are they buying? And also, why am I selling? If it's not to take some extraordinary profits, most of the time it doesn't work out for people because emotions play just too much in that game. So typically with an American holiday, the markets do go down and those are great buying opportunities. And in a full-fledged bull market, we would see some really big gains across the board. Well, we don't because we are in between waves of a bull market and there's a lot of bearish activity out there. However, we are nowhere near a bear market. And there's a couple indicators. In a bear market, coins are not going to do 50 to 100% gains. It's just not going to happen. But over the weekend, AVE dropped all the way down, AAVE, to $180. This is a DeFi platform. Decentralized lending against cryptocurrencies is all they do, where you basically lend them your cryptocurrency as collateral to get a loan in USD or whatever money based on the uh, country you're in, what dirty fiat it uses, and they charge you a percentage. The good thing is when you pay them back, you get all your crypto, no matter what the value is worth up or down. So if you give them one Bitcoin and the value is $33,000, and then when you pay them back, it's worth a hundred grand, well, you still get your full Bitcoin. And if the market adversely is only $10,000 Bitcoin, you're still getting it back. So DeFi lending is really what is trying to become the future of lending. And of course, central banks don't like this. But this is the future. It's what the people want. It's what's being created. The new trends online are very hard to kill. Blockchain is here to stay, which is why we're all here and investing in it. It's a great move. And you got to remember why it is that the markets are not to be scary. So Ave down to 180 bucks. But what does that mean? Well, the all-time high has been a little over $600 or right around there. This used to be Ethland. And it did a over 1,500% return just in the past year. So it had its huge run. I was been trading this ever since it was Ethland. And I'll tell you, a lot of the money that I made off Ave went to buy my house using cryptocurrencies. That's another story about how we were able to convert funds, um, season funds, which are very much able to be used when get taken out of mortgage. You could verify 60 days transaction. You could source all the way back to Coinbase, for example, or any other American regulated and approved exchange and actually show these funds for down payments and reserves. There are overlays with some lenders where they just don't like it because they don't understand cryptocurrency or they're behind the times or not well trained enough. But the truth is those overlays could kill the deal. And the end of the day, you want to be careful and really plan ahead before buying a house with crypto so that you know what pitfalls to look for. But back to Ave. So you could, of course, 
lend money through AVE to other people and your cryptocurrencies that they'll hedge against while charging you a small interest rate for borrowing the collateralized investment in return. So right now the price is around 340 bucks. That's about 100% return already in motion from just Friday's low. KCS, which is KuCoin, the only place to buy Tailcoin at, and that is up 40% in just the last 24 hours, hanging on to $11 and about 67 cents as of now. So there is a lot of indicators. It is not a bear market. We just have a little bit of time. You know, the big thing has always been July is going to be a real nice bull run, and we're going to see a lot of action as volume is coming back into altcoins. And at the same time, it could take all the way till Q4. So you just got to be patient and understand crypto is going to do what it wants to do. But really, I think that we've hit bottom or close to it for now. Uh, still knowing that there's gaps to be filled for BTC to hit 24,000. And these alts could just bleed all the way down 90% from their previous highs, but they could also push back up and still give us another 200% or more returns. So make good decisions. And speaking of exchanges, in the news, Robinhood, those bastards, they are always messing with customers' money. Because of Robinhood, they have helped make Dogecoin that much more accessible to people before it was listed on Coinbase. Um, it's been Dogecoin has been on Robinhood for a couple years. So yeah, they made some millionaires, and that's great that they facilitate crypto. However, what they do, almost guaranteed every time there is a dip in the market, and you want to buy, they have technical issues. When the prices go up and people want to take profits, they have technical issues. They actually have frozen people's accounts and they have not let them trade for their own safety. So Robinhood really mingles messes with your money. And I'll tell you, I don't use them because you can't take your crypto off their platform. So I don't like that. It's not really your crypto by any means. But you could trade on them with very low fees, if I remember correctly. What I didn't like is they wouldn't let me make some trades, as they said they were high risk. But they... Um, here they are, of course, holding millions of dollars and hundreds of millions of dollars in crypto on their own. So what happened was earlier this year, according to the Wall Street Journal, they reported that Robinhood was under investigation for not disclosing payments it received from market makers to execute the services trades. The allegations were another black eye for a company that had already found itself in controversy. But the case has finally come to a close. The SEC, one of the most useless commission, exchange, securities, companies out there in the world. All they do is charge fees, keep the money, and they don't help customers. But nonetheless, they charge the maker of the popular stock trading app this morning with misleading customers about revenue sources and failing to satisfy duty of best execution. So part of the settlement, Robinhood is required to pay a $65 million civil penalty. So what's not good is all the people who couldn't make trades are not seeing any of that money. That's why the SEC really is kind of greedy, though they should be doing something. Here's what they say happened is that for years, Robinhood positioned itself as a way of for new and casual investors to get a feel for stock trading. And its early focus on commission-free transactions gave the company a consumer-friendly edge against traditional brokers. But behind the scenes, the SEC alleges that the company engaged in a practice known as payment for order flow, in which market makers, and they are basically traders that execute immediately, a very high-speed trader, a very high dollar amounts, they essentially pay for the right to execute those transactions uh, without any kind of a delay. 
These payments are not handled in lump sums. Instead, think of them as a stream of micro kickbacks delivered to the brokerage firm for each share that they sell. So the practice is not illegal, but it is controversial because it has the obvious potential to create conflicts of interest. It's also somewhat controversial by association as Bernie Madoff, widely considered to be the pioneer of payment for order flow. So basically, Robinhood's getting kickbacks from the market makers with these orders. Robinhood's issue with it boils down to two things. The SEC found the company published misleading statements and omissions in customer communications since 2015 about how it made its money. And it didn't come from interest made by lending out investors cash or the $5 monthly fee that comes with a Robinhood Gold membership. It was from those payments, technically kickbacks. Second, and the more damning in this uh, story is the fact that people who bought into Robinhood's vision of no commission trades were worse off for it compared to people who traded with the company's rivals. Due in large part to its unusually high payment for order flow rates, Robinhood customers' orders were executed at prices that were inferior to other brokers' prices. So let me explain that. They may not be charging you, say, a 2% commission like Binance would, uh, but if the price of, say, Dogecoin across the board is 11 cents, and that includes on Binance and Coinbase, then Robinhood would have it for, say, 13 cents. So they're keeping that margin. They're selling it to you at 13, and then the money, in, well, with what they bought it for at 11 cents, they're, they're making a profit. So they're making a profit higher than just charging you fees. And that's the part that I have a problem with because you're really not getting a fair trade, especially when you could go somewhere else. But with their low fees or no fees, people don't do that kind of research. Robinhood doesn't attract people that are really that savvy or have experience with the crypto markets because crypto traders never use Robinhood. We know better. Now, the order finds that Robinhood provided inferior trade prices that in aggregate deprived customers of $34 million. That's how much of a margin they made after taking into account the savings from not paying a commission. $34 million. That's what Robinhood ripped people off. So if you have anything there, I suggest you get it off or cash out and go to one of these better exchanges and close your account. Remember, this is not financial advice, just common sense. And more in the news on Crypto Karma. Binance, as we know with exchanges, has been making the news lately with a whole lot of trouble. They, of course, are under some kind of investigation and on warning, so to speak, from the Cayman Islands where they're based. And we talked about their issues of being banned in Canada. Well, now Canadian bank UBS and Barclays are both canceling Binance and not allowing customers to use their debit card or ACH transaction through their bank account to Binance. They are saying it is a high-risk asset and they do not want their customers to make these transactions or be at risk. So they're telling you what to do with your money and they are saying that Binance also doesn't follow the rules. Well, that's not all true. Binance says it's miscommunication as Barclays does not understand how they operate and what kind of um, things they're being accused of, but basically just seeing them in the news and making a decision to go with the trend. So Barclays banned the UK customers from making card payments to Binance just this last Monday. 
The bank acted after UK financial watchdog the FCA told the crypto exchange to halt regulated activity, and that's because they were not reporting customers' transactions for tax purposes. Well, Barclays said the move does not impact the ability to withdraw funds from Binance. They'll let you take your money out and put it back on your bank account owned by Barclays, but they won't let you put money into trade. How nice of them. I'm sure Barclays has had plenty of fines and such a checkered past. And if you guys remember, UBS had one of the largest fines in SEC history for basically uh, trading with customers' money without their knowledge and doing a plethora of other things that caused them to get over $100 million in fine for being a shady, corrupt bonzo of a bank. That's pretty much all there is to it. But um, here they are regulating our money and telling us what to do. Interesting times, of course, ahead. And I'm sure Binance, as always, they say they will keep building just to hold and to move forward. And your funds are SAFU. You could Google that one. But I got faith that CZ will figure things out. And hopefully, Binance will be here for a long time. As long as nobody regulates them too much, kidnaps CZ, or tries to put them out of business. Hopefully, they'll just keep country hopping and facilitating a trend that has made many people of our younger generation multi-multi-millionaires, and I appreciate them for that. So not all things in the news can you believe, and they're not all necessarily true. Binance.us, of course, is up and running, though American customers cannot use Binance.com. And our coin of the week, as Crypto Karma likes to acknowledge Telcoin, which is always the coin of the week. Telcoin, just to remind you, was 0.000018 just less than 12 months ago. It is right now hovering around two cents, which is a 37,000% gain. So if you put $10,000 into Telcoin about 12 months ago and you cashed everything out at the high that it has had this year of point. I want to say it's right about four or about four cents, just under five. That would have been a return of $2 million. Tailcoin is one of those few guys that I see getting to over a dollar from where it is now. And it is mostly because it is not trying to get on exchanges. The volume will not get that high until it puts itself out there. You can only get it on KuCoin. And it's amazing because they actually are doing everything to be with regulation. I have mentioned many times that Telcoin around the world is focusing on being heavily accepted and regulated by governments. These guys are smart. They are a scalable, scalable blockchain financial services for mobile networks. They focus on the phone where everybody is spending 80% of their time. Now, Rivendell is an open Ethereum sidechain run validated and secured by mobile network operators powered by Telcoin. Telcoin is a GSMA associate member, and they are in partnership with the world's leading mobile money providers, GoPay, OVO, MCash, Vimo, TouchPay, Dana. This just uh, is a small portion of all of them that tell, show you how globally these guys are already working and huge. They're only on KuCoin, so do your research. There's plenty of YouTube videos of how to get it, and it's still one I'm building on, growing, and holding until it is over a dollar. Then I'll take some profits. Until then, not touching it. And sadly, Crypto Karma has to report when karma doesn't work out for you. There have been a lot of deaths in the crypto world, mostly by people who are multi-multi-millionaires and either rip off others or just not treating themselves right. 
Claudio Oliveira is the owner of the Bitcoin Bank in Brazil and known as the King of Bitcoin. Who died and made you king? And in Brazil, one of the safest countries of the world, right? Well, he was arrested yesterday for his alleged participation in a fraud scheme involving $300 million of ripping off all those honest folk in Rio. According to inquiries from the federal authorities, Oliveira faked a Bitcoin hack back in 2019 in which his company lost a significant amount of Bitcoin, or so he says. Which case, as we could all predict, he kept the money and did not pay his investors, and he also stole from his customers' wallets. So over just $300 million, he's arrested, and I'm sure in Brazil, this is not going to go over well. So don't be like Claudio. Be good to crypto. Be good to other people. Now, Crypto Karma is keeping you informed with exchanges and, of course, all the news in the blockchain industry. Well, Coinbase, which you got to love and hate because they do serve a big purpose, though they have almost no customer service and the highest fees of all the exchanges that I'm aware of. Easy to use, sure. Coinbase Pro is really the one that you want to use as the fees are much lower. They just keep the general public on Coinbase.com or in the app, while Coinbase Pro for traders and also has an app has lower fees and just easier, more accessibility, and even a coin sometimes before others. Well, ironically, Coinbase chose not to expand their customer service, but instead they are building crypto out of India. So basically check this out. Uh, right here we have a blog from Pankaj Gupta, Vice President Engineering and Site Lead in India. He says he joined Coinbase about two months ago to establish and lead a new tech hub for Coinbase in India. So basically he says here, I wanna share a little bit of my plans. There's never been a more exciting time for builders working in crypto. This is true worldwide, but especially in India, which has seen a boom in crypto native talent and in creating and growing important crypto projects. Polygon, otherwise known as Matic, and Instadapt, to name just a couple. It is, of course, well known that India has a vibrant world-class community of software engineers, technology builders, and entrepreneurs. To add to this, we have been pleasantly surprised at the growing expertise in crypto and blockchain. So Coinbase is fully committed to expanding the understanding of crypto and blockchain in the region. And it's, it is early days for our India tech hub, but it has already taken off with an incredible amount of interest in our open roles from across India. So nice to hear there's a great blog you could see about somebody working for Coinbase directly, that they are having a hub. And bottom line is, how many people are they going to hire? I don't know. But India is full of talent, especially has a nice effectuation with blockchain technology and digital currencies. So definitely a big deal. And Coinbase, well, they're not dummies. They know what they're doing by going to India where they could probably recruit top talent. And they have their VC circle, which is always looking for the next startup to invest in. And then, of course, they get to uh, list it on their own exchange. So it's something kind of interesting to look out for and very cool to see that Coinbase will lead the way. And of course, India, which has banned cryptocurrency probably a dozen times, but the people there through VPNs or one way or another, always find a way to trade, invest, and still continue their passion for cryptocurrency. It's great. And basically the CEO of Coinbase, Brian Armstrong, even did a couple of interviews and went ahead to explain how India would be the fastest growing site outside of the US for uh, employees and talent in the cryptocurrency and blockchain space. And that's in the news. And what would crypto be without Ethereum? Ethereum's long-awaited London hard fork looks like it's finally going to launch. Or we, I should say we have a date, as everybody has been waiting for ETH 2.0. 
They are likely going to launch on August 4th between 1300 and 1700. Not that that's too important to me. But the Ethereum enthusiasts, of course, are excited for the delayed release, which some are watching on with cautious optimism, as Coindesk reports, because Ethereum has had a lot of bumps on the road, but still proving to be the most valuable blockchain that we have in the ecosystem of crypto. As a part of a roadmap designed to lead up to the release of Ethereum 2.0, which will replace Ethereum's current proof-of-work protocol with proof-of-stake. The London hard fork has been implemented into various testnets, and after successful activation on the Robstein and Garoli testnets, the final hard fork release date was decided. So this means that Ethereum is going to fork from one token to another. It goes from proof of work, which it has done very well, to proof of stake. And with proof of stake, customers are able to hold Ethereum and actually get a bit of a return, like an APY for staking it. And it is a much more intrinsic value to the Ethereum network. It's something everybody is looking for as Coinbase and other exchanges are gonna be offering the Ethereum 2.0 uh, staking opportunity and to get a return just by holding on to your Ethereum and letting it be a part of the network in that capacity. So it's really a great thing to look for because more and more people are gonna buy Ethereum and wanna get a return on it. They know the price will go up. Everybody knows it's gonna be above 10,000 eventually. And then on top of it, you're getting interest. So the more you buy, the more you have, the more interest you get. So logically, what is gonna come with this? Well, basically a bunch of retailers and even people in the crypto space that have been trading ETH are gonna buy more. It's just a fact. So the volume will increase dramatically. And if the proof of uh, work London hard fork is successful, it's pretty safe to say that the price will go up as well. So there's a double return, the return on the price and of course the return on the interest. So getting Ethereum is not a bad idea, but have your goal. I should say it's always a good idea, but the targets really for me are gonna be after the proof of stake uh, network goes live. It's going to be 2.0, and that's really when I expect to see a whole lot more gains. So check out Ethereum, and let's thank Vitalik. Now, something that's really important to know is that cryptocurrency, digital currencies, well, they need the internet to survive. And there are always concerns about hacking and phishing, uh, networks going down, servers going down, and the threat of cyber attacks is real. But what's really interesting is right now, uh, in the month of July, most importantly, and even in June, cyber attacks have been on the news like crazy. It is something that we're not really used to seeing, but there have been a whole lot of test runs or demonstrations, a lot of hacks blamed on Russia, people requesting Bitcoin, but basically sending supply chain networks down. So these cyber attacks are real. And what's also really interesting is that if you do research, you'll find that the World Economic Forum, the WEF, they of course are acknowledging these cyber attacks and like to consider themselves in some weird way, the police of the world. I don't really understand their role or how they came about to be honest, but they have dignitaries such as Bill Clinton Henry Kissinger, billionaires like Bill Gates. These people are a part or members of the World Economic Forum and look up exactly what they do. They have their hands in pretty much everything that is a part of the world. And they are also the ones on the forefront leading the Great Reset. It's right on their website. And this is basically a future where everything you order will be delivered by drone. Everything that you want, you will rent and you will own nothing and you will be happy. Those are the words of the World Economic Forum. It's called Agenda 2030. 
that's really what their agenda is about, is uh, keeping the population down in the world and having some kind of Orwellian control over everybody. It's interesting because they lay this out on their website. These are not conspiracy theories. And one of the things that they talk about is Cyber Polygon, which the CEO, Klaus Schwab, in his creepy old man voice, is going to go ahead and we're going to listen to what he has to say. We all know, but still pay insufficient attention to the frightening scenario of a comprehensive cyber attack, which would bring to a complete halt to the power supply, transportation, hospital services, our society as a whole. The COVID-19 crisis would be seen in this respect as a small disturbance in comparison to a major cyber attack. We have to ask ourselves in such a situation, how could we let this happen? Despite the fact we had all the information about the possibility and the seriousness of a risk attack. If you want to live, you will come with me. God, this guy is creepy. He sounds like he came right out of an Indiana Jones movie uh, looking for the Holy Grail during World War II. So if you go right to their website, let's sum up what he said. That creepy warning. What is Cyber Polygon? Because that is what they call their cybersecurity event. Cyber Polygon is a unique cybersecurity event that combines the world's largest technical training exercise for corporate teams and an online conference featuring senior officials from international organizations and leading corporations. That basically means IBM, Pepsi, Coca-Cola, Wells Fargo, you name it, they're going to be a part of this. The 2021 conference discusses the key risk of digitalization, mind you. I have a feeling cryptocurrency is involved here and best practice for the secure development of digital ecosystems. The 2021 technical exercise builds and tests the skills needed to protect our industry centering on a targeted supply chain attack. What is that? That's basically... Uh, an attack to shut down the systems or manipulate the purpose of the software for our water supplies, energy, food. Um, you could destroy train routes. You could do a whole lot to disrupt the medical field and, of course, our food supplies. So the live stream will draw in millions of spectators from around the world to see exactly what's going on. In 2020, there were 120 teams in 29 countries that took part in this. 5 million people from 57 nations watched it. And what really creeps me out about this is the same group, the WEF, back in October of 2019, held what was called Event 201. What was it? It was literally a simulation of a global pandemic of a SARS-V virus. Outrageous. So if you go on YouTube and you look for Event 201, WEF, you could see the multi-hour simulation in which uh, many large corporations took part, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, Goldman Sachs, banks, hospitals, Kaiser Permanente, Bill Gates Foundation, of course, has been a very big part of everything. And what they're really doing is setting the stage for an event to where I believe will precede a cyber attack. So the big message here, of course, is do your own research and really learn about what it is that they are preparing for and preparing us for because 
that event 201, well, a few months later, we all know what happened with COVID. It's almost like a warning. So I never heard of these guys before last year, but now I'm taking them very seriously. My advice to you would be to have your cryptocurrencies as there is going to be a target in some sort to hold people down from facilitating the use of your cryptocurrency to off-exchange wallets like Uniswap, like Ledger, um, Elipal. I think it is best to have them off of the main hard line, off exchanges in case you can't access them, but still keep them in your pockets. Remember, if it's not your keys, it's not your cheese. In 2020, basically, uh, it attracted the people such as Prime Minister of the Russian Federation, the founder and executive chairman of the World Economic Forum, officials from Interpol, ICANN, Visa, IBM, MTS, and more. So whatever's going to go down is going to be big. Have food, have water, be prepared with batteries and flashlights because anything could happen. Who knows? Not going crazy prepper on you, but uh, the world is different than it was just two years ago. And to be honest, these guys creep me out. So take care of yours. Be good to crypto. And if there's a dip, I suggest to buy it. Crypto Karma is brought to you by Nectar Juice Bar, which is your awesome dairy-free, gluten-free, healthy, fresh ingredients only for juices, smoothies, and acai bowls. They have been voted multiple times as the best in the business on a nationwide scale and the most affordable juice bar in town, nectarjuicebar.com. And this is Nick Green with Crypto Karma reminding you that this show is for educational purposes only. This is not investment or financial advice. This has been a good time. Can't wait to see you next week. Explore the cryptocurrency universe with Nick Green on Crypto Karma. Learn about Bitcoin and blockchain, Ethereum, Dogecoin, and more. Buy and sell and trade and learn how to make some serious money with digital currency. Crypto Karma is brought to you by Nectar Juice Bar. Nectar is fresh at its best. Live life to the freshest with Nectar. Crypto Karma. Strike first, strike fast. Saturday at 9 a.m. on KPPF. And hear the podcast on Podbean.